Help us welcome our senior pastor, Chuck Booer. All right. What we're about to talk about, some of you are going to look in the mirror and go, hey, that's me. Others of you are going to think of other people. You're going to think, no, it's them. Normally, I warn you not to do, and it's them. Today, it's okay to do it. Today, it's okay to either know whether this is your issue or it's somebody else's issue that keeps making this occur in the life around you because we need to be careful. So often what happens is we're standing with enough light just to kind of see a little bit of what's going on around us, but everywhere else you look, there's darkness. And you can't see what's going on in the darkness. You can't be aware of what's happening in the darkness. There's chaos and there's confusion. Last week, I thought that Pastor Talia and Pastor Lauren and Pastor Patty preached the word in an incredible way by giving us a warning. Yeah, they did, didn't they? By giving us a warning that whenever you're experiencing chaos or confusion, that that's a sign you're not living in the wisdom of God. And so James is wanting us to take a test, to test our faith. And part of that test is, am I living by God's wisdom or not? And when there's chaos and confusion, then at least I'm not in the midst of God's wisdom, but it could be somebody else. Uh, James says this, though. He did say, start by looking at yourself. He says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above. It doesn't come from God. Where does it come from? It is earthly, natural, and I want you to look at that last word, demonic. See, you may have encountered the demonic and not even been aware of it because the demonic's really good about hiding in the darkness and doing its work in the darkness. And you may be surrounded by it and not even know it. It may have infiltrated your family. It may have infiltrated your place of work. So James says where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there's disorder or confusion in every evil thing. Now, what is an evil thing? Hatred, divisiveness, wanting somebody else to be hurt or pay, wanting someone else to come down. It's sexual immorality. It's materialism. It's all those things. And he says, when you're not living in the midst of the wisdom of God, that will be your life experience. And so he when we're in the midst of chaos, when we're in the midst of confusion, when we're surrounded by the darkness, then we obviously aren't living in the light of God and the love of God, experiencing the fullness of God that he wants us to have. So James now transitions by asking this question, and this is the one I want you to ask too. He says this, where is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Why at work is there so much quarreling and conflict? Why in your home is there so many quarrels and conflicts? James says, where is this coming from? And you and I need to ask that question. If it's you, then you need to own it. But let me say this, if it's someone else, please listen, you got to set a boundary. Because God doesn't want you to be a person living in the midst of quarrels and conflicts. 
And he says, but where does it come from? Now, this may surprise you. Get ready. Lean in. He says, is not the source your pleasure that wage war in your members? Now, some of you are going, well, wait a minute. I'm not sure where you're going. And I'm not sure where James is going. So let me tell you where James is going. There are people who like it when there's quarrels and conflicts. Now, this is where some of you are going to go, okay, that's me. But some of you are going, no, I can name the person next. No, no, not next to you. Well, maybe you can. Do you know some people just really, really like it? They like the quarrels. They like the conflicts. We see that happening in their life. By the way, our society feeds on it. One of the highest rated things on TV recently. Does anybody know what it was? It was the interview with Harry and Meghan. Why did people tune in? Was it because they were rooting for the royal family to come back together in love? Or did we want to see the dysfunction they were living with? Come on, get honest. What was it? It was the dysfunction. We want to see other people's problems aired out. Uh, Sometimes we call that the dirty laundry. We want it brought forward. And so people couldn't get enough. They couldn't read enough. They couldn't watch enough. Uh, This gets heartbreaking to me. In this past season, I have watched so many people who I do love and care about get so caught up in politics and hatred and divisiveness. And and they're people who I, I thought were Christians. I'm not even trying to be judgmental. I'm saying that sometimes you got to look, where is the quarreling come from? Where does the conflict come from? All of you who love Jesus, and I think it's the majority of you, how much did he get caught up in politics? What's the answer? Zero. Twice he addressed it. The first time he said, pay your taxes. We can't be like Jesus if that's what we're into. And what really gets to me, what bothers me so much, is I sat in a room with 20 pastors who are my best friends, and 20 out of 20 of us said our church is being divided by politics. Does that sound like Jesus is winning or Satan's winning? What's the answer? Is it demonic or is it Holy Spirit? It's demonic. It's being here and looking out there going, what's going on? What is going on? And and James warns us about that. James says don't get caught up in that because so many people are. And I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm trying to look and say what's happening in this world where God wants his church to stand and shine out his light and to shine out his love and to be peacemakers. And so many aren't. By the way, let me just say this. People I'm thinking of, I watched them post vehemently on social media. And I sat there looking in their feed for anything about Jesus. It wasn't there. They didn't talk about his word. They didn't talk about his love. They didn't talk about prayer. Uh, Many of them are not at Crossroads anymore. They went to other churches that were far more political. And and they, they posted about that church, but they didn't post about the love of Jesus and come and experience the Holy Spirit. They posted about how you could be a part of a recall petition. Some of you are going, Chuck, you're getting too personal. 
But I think the Lord looks and goes, what is going on? And I look at all the darkness going, come on, believers. Come on, Christians. Let's be better than this. And James says, yeah, praise God. And James says, don't you realize that, that here's where it gets really scary. Now, let me get rid of it right here. The reason it's happening is because it gives you pleasure. People actually get pleasure from fighting and quarreling. Why? Because it gives meaning to their life. They get up in the morning and post because they, they, now they have meaning. Now they have something to get up for. But I, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Why was it that getting up for Jesus was not enough? Why was it that love was not enough? Why was it they weren't more about people coming to know Christ than coming into a political party? And we look and James says, don't you get it? There are so many people who love that level of dysfunction. They'd rather be in the midst of the darkness and the chaos and the confusion and the division than they would anything else. James 4, 1 again. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that we war, wage war in your members? Uh, the word war there actually means it carries out a military campaign. Uh, it says inside us, there's this churning going on, this fighting going on, this anger going on. And, and we get so mad and so irritable and so angry. It's just rising up, believe it or not, where I'm going. Some people love living like that. And when that isn't what's going on inside them and not going on inside their family, they stir it up. Have you ever been to a family gathering and you just looked over going, they're going to cause a problem. Here they come. They'll find something to complain about. They'll find something to turn on. And, and then what they'll do is try to get somebody on their side because they feel so good that they have someone. They finally feel close to them because they can join together to fight that person or that cause or that thing. I can tell you this with all Clarity and honesty, I'm 100% right. Get ready, not even opinion. If you are categorized more for what you're against than what you're for, you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be for the things of God, for the things of love, for bringing healing, for bringing peace. If not, there's a war going on. And James is so concerned about it some people are so controlled by their feelings, they've ruined friendships. Some are so controlled by their feelings, they've wrecked the dating relationship that might have actually gone somewhere. Some are so <coughs> controlled by their feelings, they've ruined a marriage. I pleaded with people to let go of their feelings because they're wrecking their family and ruining their marriage or ruining relationships. And let me tell you the number one line I get back. Get ready for this. I can't help how I feel. That is a lie. You can totally help how you feel. You just need to get on your knees before God. Get the word of God inside you. That'll change how you feel. Please be aware of what James is saying. He's saying, don't you know where that war is coming from, both that inner battle and those outer battles? It's coming because you're being controlled by your feelings. 
It somehow feels good to be in it. It somehow feels good to be in the midst of dysfunction. I've watched families start to come together in peace and and leave the dysfunction behind. And then a family member does everything they can to drag the family back into it. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Did you catch what he's saying? Remember last week, Patty and Talia and Lauren brought it out in an incredible way. What is... It doesn't make sense when there's chaos, when there's confusion, then you're not walking in the wisdom and the light of God. Now here it says, you know what? When you're living your life controlled by your feelings, then the bottom line is who can understand what's going on? By the way, your feelings go up and down and are volatile. And and let me say this. Are you saying, are we supposed to not care about our feelings or be against our feelings? No, 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 no. Your feelings help you understand you, but don't let your feelings control you. Never make your your thought, your choices, your direction in life based on feeling. The Bible, I'm not going to get into as much as I want to, has Jacob and Esau as brothers. Esau was completely controlled by his feelings. And you know what God said? I can't even deal with him. When he cries out and says he wants to repent, I won't let him. Why? Because he doesn't mean it because he's controlled by his feelings. He gives up everything for feelings. He gave up his birthright for feelings. He gave up the blessing of God for feelings. And God looked at and said, I can't have anything to do with him. See, it's not the feelings themselves, it's the question of what do you worship? And if you live your life based on feelings, you're worshiping sensuality and feelings, the Bible says. And we can't be that way. And in this last season, feelings of fear, feelings of anxiety, feelings of hatred. By the way, real hatred. Feelings of of wanting, wanting other people to fall and come down. God said, no. And he warns us to be very careful about that. Matthew 15, Jesus said this, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, thefts, false witness, and slander. So he says, when those kinds of things are coming out of your heart, and by the way, if they're in your heart, they're going to come out of your mouth or out of any way you communicate, and we'll find that so much is evil, evil thoughts, bad thoughts, wanting the worst. Murdering people, adultery, sexual immorality, slandering. He said, these are the things which defile a man, and they defile a family, and they defile friendships, and they defile the place you work. And he goes, but you know what? Some people are looking at all the wrong things. They're worried that they, whether they wash their hands or not, Jesus said, when you're not more concerned about what you're wrecking. And James warns about it. Jesus warns about it. So what you and I need to do is to go, okay, why are these kinds of things happening? And in James chapter 4, verse 2, what happens is this. It says, you lust and you do not have, so you commit murder. Now, Jesus just brought that up, and James is bringing it up too. He goes, you envious and you cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. And you do not have because you do not ask. Now, now let's center in on the beginning. He goes, you lust. It's about feelings of, of wanting something. 
but you don't have anything actually making any sense. You don't have the satisfaction you want to have. So what do you do? You murder things. You murder things. That's where a marriage gets murdered. A dating relationship gets murdered. A friendship gets murdered. Your relationship with your children gets murdered. Um, I was thinking about this, and some people are serial killers. You know how you spot a serial killer in this realm? They have a string of broken relationships. I uh, went to lunch with a guy a few years ago that I thought, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be incredible to partner with the ministry. Pam and I knew his wife well and thought, okay, she's amazing. We couldn't wait to be with him. And I, I go to lunch with him and, and we're five minutes into lunch and he's complaining about this and putting this down. And then he begins to describe how he's angry at this person and mad at that person. And, and I just sat there and I actually did this. I, I don't even know if I should have. I started counting up how many broken relationships he was naming. And I got to 10. This is in about 15, 20 minutes of our lunch. When I got home, Pam said, how did it go? And I said, horrible. I said, Pam, in six months, he's going to hate me. In six months, he, I'm going to be on that list. You know what? I was wrong. It was three months. <laughs> but you know what? If you knew him, you'd be on the list too. By the way, if you have that many broken relationships, who's the problem? Let, let's answer the question if, for fun. If you have that many broken relationships, who's the problem? You are. And James says, why do you have quarrels? Why do you have fights? Because you're causing them. You somehow like it. You somehow love it. Uh, Romans chapter 8 says this. It says, for the mindset on the flesh is death. Notice he talked about murder in James and Paul. says, whenever you set your mind like that, there's death. Death of relationships. Death of hope. Death of promise. Death of love. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh, is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So what James is saying is, is don't let that happen. Don't be caught up in that. So here's what he says instead. He goes, do you realize you, why you don't have what you want? He goes, you have not because you ask not. And if you would just ask, guess what happens? The light comes on. The light comes on. And the light of God, the love of God, the fullness of God is all around you. Things are clear. Things make sense. And all of a sudden, what matters gives more meaning to your life. Deep contentment, deep satisfaction, overflowing joy is found in the fullness of God. And so James says, do you know the number one reason people's prayers aren't answered? They don't ask. You don't have to fight for something when you can go to God and pray for it and see him move in an incredible way. You can begin to understand that God himself wants to give you this amazing life filled with love and joy. And so we need to understand that we have this incredible promise in Psalm 37 where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. Look at verse six. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, get it, the light, 
and your judgment is noonday. Rather than walking in the midst of darkness with chaos and confusion, you look around going, Lord, I get it, I see it. I see what life is supposed to be all about. I see the difference that love makes. I see right now how I can bring healing to people who are hurting instead of creating deeper wounds and more pain and more angst. I can do that, Lord. And so we get this calling from the Lord for you and I to live that kind of life and be that kind of people. Jesus even said these words. He said, until now you've asked me for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. So what James is saying is instead of getting pleasure from conflicts and quarrels and dysfunction, he said, why don't you choose to get close to God? Why don't you delight yourself in the Lord? Why don't you commit your way to him? Why not live a life that is so much better and has so much meaning? And he says, but I want you to also understand that you got to sometimes check your motives. See, James says the number one reason for answer, unanswered prayers we don't ask. The number two is our motives are just way off. So he said, where are your motives? What are you really aiming at? So in James chapter four, it says something really powerful. He just, bam. If some of you thought I was being harsh, look how James opens. You adulteresses. You adulteresses, you do not... Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And do you think the scripture speaks to no purpose that he jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us? That that God wants it so bad for you. God wants it so bad for me. And so he says, you know what? You got to make a choice. Are you a part of the world or are you walking with God? Are you a citizen of the world? Or are you a citizen of the kingdom of God? Uh, you know, I, I know, and maybe some of you are going, I don't agree with you, Chuck. By the way, you got to decide that. But uh, all of a sudden, I got blasted because a pastor in the area said, ask your pastor who he's voting for. And so I had all this social media. So I had an answer. I said, I'm voting for Jesus. Um, by the way, I did. I really did. You go, well, then you wasted your vote. I think mine counted a lot. What's going on when all of a sudden we're more into the kingdom of the world than the kingdom of God? And, and James said, don't be that way. Don't have that heart. So what I'm saying to you is this. Whenever you get into settings and you see anger and quarreling and conflict, are you the problem? then it's time to change because you're never, ever going to live the life you want to live if that's you. Now, let me say this. I asked you in the beginning, is somebody else the problem? Is there somebody in your life? (laughs) I I know this is not funny. Some of you are going, I'm married to that person. Chuck, how do I set a boundary there? Some of you go, it's my mom or dad. You still need to be able to set a boundary there. You've got to be able to say, look, I'm not going to be someone who descends into that level of dysfunction anymore. I just want to live for the Lord and love the Lord and keep my mind on God. And and I want to be somebody who understands that. 
See, Jesus said, you and I, all of us have to make a choice. In Luke 11, verse 23, he said, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Jesus said, whose side are you on? If you're with me, be with me. But if you want to be with the things of the world, then, then go do that. He says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest and not finding any. And it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it goes and takes along seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. Now, don't miss this. James said that when you are living in the things of the world, it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. Jesus said, if you're not with me, then guess what happens? All of the evil I drove out of your life, all of the demonic that I said, stay away from you. When you don't start filling yourself with the Holy Spirit and love, seven times worse comes your way. More dysfunction, more conflicts, more quarrels, uh, more worry, more stress. And he said, see, You find yourself not able to overcome that sin or sins. Jesus goes, you can overcome it all, but you got to choose me. you got to be wholeheartedly for me. And then Peter gives a warning. If you're a believer and, and you were at one time in the world and now you've come into the kingdom of God and you go back into the world, you get entangled in it, it's a horrible place to be. It's a worse place to be. 2 Peter 2 says this for if... After they have escaped the defilement of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandments handed down to them. And then he gives a very, very powerful way of seeing it. He says, It has happened to them according to a true proverb, A dog returns to its own vomit. And a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. The dog returns to its own vomit. In other words, you were brought into a place of love, peace, and joy, and you go back to quarrels and conflicts. You just fight, fight, fight. Anger. Mean-spiritedness. And he said, why? Why get entangled in what the world's entangled in? He said, it's not not what God has for you. It's not what God wants for you. So let me give you the bottom line of everything that James is saying here. That if pleasure and pleasure in fighting, pleasure in power, pleasure and meaning comes to you from being dysfunctional, if pleasure like that is the desire of your life, then nothing but heartache will follow. So right now, out of love, I want to say, if that's you, it's time to leave all that behind. It's time to let your heart really be changed. It's time to choose God and who he has for you and who he wants you to be. So here's the thing. Can you start thinking about the fact and be honest about the problems that are going on are you? If so, guess what? God still loves you. God still cares about you. And God has this incredible ability to change you from the inside out. If it, by the way, is somebody in your life, you may need to pray, Lord, help me. Because I don't want to keep being dragged into what they're caught up 
in and caught by. But it's time. It's time for you to say, I see what's going on. And I'd rather be in the light of God somehow. So right now, I want to go into a time of prayer. If you're somebody right now who needs to open your heart to God and say, I want to be done with the anger, done with the dysfunction, done with those things, then I'm going to tell you that God can change you in a way that's incredible and bring you joy and give your life true meaning. But you'll find that only when you come to the true knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to be with anybody who needs to open their heart to you. This season may be in a season where they see that inside things aren't right. Maybe they, they are inherited this. Maybe they're living out a family curse of dysfunction. Maybe they realize that the reason there's a problem in a friendship or the problem in a workplace or the problem in a, uh, a dating relationship or marriage is them. And Lord, there's, there's such a better life to live and such a better person to be. Because the born again them, the new creation them, is the one you want them to live in and be in and experience. So I pray right now, Lord, you're speaking to some people. And Lord, if they would really own this, if they would really humble themselves before you, real change could occur. So freedom can come. Right now, I'm going to lead a prayer. And if you're ready to open your heart to the Lord and really, really commit yourself completely to him, not be caught up in the things that hurt you and have hurt your relationships, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me. And think about those words. These are big. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone who's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And praise God.